What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Progcast, presented by the Prog Space. This is episode 51 this week. It is April 8th, Wednesday, April 8th. You'll be hearing this tomorrow on the 9th. And um, with me, as always, in the virtual studio at this point... Dario from Freaks and the Prog Space. And yeah, from the other side of Munich... And, um, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well and you have listened to our last episode, our anniversary 50th episode last week uh, with our friend Abraham Saracci. Nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah, and this week uh, we also have a very special guest uh, joining us today, right, Randy? That we do. Well, um, I think you will all know him as the singer and frontman of both Haken and Novena. Mr. Ross Jennings is with us on the line. Hey, Ross. Hey, oh, come on, I'm not that special. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's uh, really cool of you guys to feature me this week. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's uh, the least we can do, I think, for the prog scene. It's, it's what we can provide during this time where everybody has to stay at home. And uh, this is a great opportunity for us to, to meet with people on the same, yeah, at the same mm. time, because everybody's lives are generally so busy. So this has actually been a nice time to like catch up with folks in the scene and check in on what they're doing. Um, before before we go further, I mean, I think everybody listening to this already knows that uh, Haken just dropped uh, a new single, Prosthetic, from their upcoming album, Virus, which drops yeah. on June 5th at Inside Out. And Novena mm -hmm. released their album, 11th Hour, back in March, on March 6th, I believe. Uh, so Ross has been a, a busy fellow this year. We're going to get in all, all of that mm -hmm. soon. But Dario, what are we doing today? Um, yeah, of course, we want uh, we were eager to hear uh, what uh, Ross has to tell, tell us about uh, all these things. Um, but before we jump uh, into that, we also want to know what, uh, what uh, we've, what you've been uh, listening to. So uh, yeah, Ross, what's in your Walkman? What's in my Walkman? Yeah, um, um, I actually do still have cassettes, believe it or not. Nice. Um, yeah. Cool. But um. Uh, well, obviously, as you know, I've been busy writing and recording and uh, doing a lot of promo. So um, my Walkman's been collecting dust a little bit <laughs> lately. <laughs> um, however, I'm always kind of um, putting on stuff in the background. Um, I mean, it's far be it for me to come on a prog show and talk about country music, but I do listen to a lot <laughs> of uh, stuff like that because it's just easy to listen to in the background and... Um, it's essentially pop music. Um, but there's some really cool um, progressive country artists out there. And one particular one I listen to a lot is um, Zach Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay. Zach, Zach Brown Band. So, I mean, even if you're not into country music as such, um, I mean, there's one particular record called Jekyll and Hyde, which has a lot of variety uh, for as country music goes. Um, uh, even there's a track that features Chris Cornell and, yeah, there's... He just incorporates quite a lot of different genres um, within the country spectrum and instrumentation. So, I mean, that's that's one I have on quite often. Oh, that, that that sounds uh, that sounds quite uh, yeah intriguing. Yeah. It's kind of funny because Ross and I have talked about this uh, maybe a couple of years ago. Because I mean, I grew up mm. in South Carolina, and I mean, country music was part of my like upbringing. I actually wasn't allowed to listen to rock music. 
but country music was okay, wow. I guess, because maybe that was like the Lord's music or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have a, a a big place in my heart for especially the yeah. the country music of like the seventies and eighties. I would say um, mm-hmm. once things got, I mean, things were always kind of big in the country world, but I think in the nineties when I definitely as I was getting older and like getting into grunge and stuff and and metal and things. I kind of slipped away from the country world because it got very polished and, and, and commercial. Um, yeah, but sure. then as mm-hmm. I got older again, I kind of like came back to those old, you know, records I grew up mm-hmm. with. Like, I don't know, like, I mean, definitely anything Hank Williams Jr. or Reba McIntyre mm-hmm. and stuff like this. Um, so from this era. So I often, like you, I think I often have like playlists on the background of, of like 70s country stars. <laughs> I don't know. Stuff like that. So very, very cool. I, I look forward to checking out the artists you mentioned. Mm. Uh, so yeah, d- any particular song you want us to put on the uh, Spotify playlist for this episode? Well, Jump Right In is like one of his famous tracks. I'm just trying to think of one of the more progressive um, tracks. Maybe that one with Chris Cornell, or just just called Heavy as the Head. Um, yeah, with Chris Cornell. Really cool song. Very cool title to it. Kind of has a catatonia vibe to it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So, uh, yeah, Randy, what's new Walkman? Um, Actually, I've been listening to um, an album from 2019 that we talked about last week uh, because we were talking about music videos, and it's Feather Mountain's uh, Nidus album. Uh, We were were talking about the the music video they did uh, for In Passing, I believe. Yeah, 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 uh, and totally. I don't know if Ross, if you've seen that music video, heard that, but uh, really, really beautiful music video with like crazy color and mm. water, and uh, actually the framing is kind of funny because it's like in four by three instead of sixteen by nine. I know I keep mentioning the aspect ratio thing, but I found that <laughs> kind of interesting that they chose that. It's a little bit more of a photographer's oh, I went- framing. I went to film school. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I kind of nerded <laughs> out about it last week yeah. on the show, and I, I don't know if I felt a little silly, but um, yeah, I mean, and 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 I mean, you're a photographer, uh, Ross, so I think yeah. that you m- might see this, and that it kind of reminds me of like medium format framing somehow. I don't know. Right. Uh, so very cool video, uh, but but very cool album from those guys. Um, I think they're from Denmark. Is that correct, Dario? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, it's got kind of a dreamy, kind of modern Prague. Uh, yeah, it's something. It's something unique. I think uh, the vocals are have a lot of variety, uh, and um, yeah, I, I've really been digging it. Yeah, the uh, c- cool thing was that uh, it it kind of fit with uh, the new "This Is Not an Elephant" yeah. video, <laughs> and uh, that was uh, like a cool yeah cool and, connection. And the nice thing is that the guys wrote wrote me on our YouTube channel. Uh, to say that they liked our music video too. And uh, yeah, so we kind of connected that way. So, I mean, that's certainly how I got even more connected to the album. But uh, yeah, but that's how it goes, right? Yeah, Yeah, super cool. Any any specific track that stood out for you? Um, uh, Maybe just do the the first, the the second track, Guilt of the Absent Part 1. Yeah. Because the music video we shared last week, so maybe on the playlist you yeah. can check out something else. Yeah. But very cool band. Uh, Dario, what is oh. in your Walkman? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, 
Actually, I've been saving this for today, I have to admit, because I wanted to mention it uh, while we have uh, Ross here with us. Uh-oh. And it's a very new band from Germany. They're called Astramera. With the, the mm. second A has like this little circle on top, like like the Scandinavian um, yeah. uh, letter. And the reason why I wanted to mention it uh, when 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 we have uh, Ross on the show is because the two main guys behind that band. Um, Patrick and uh, Simon, they, mm. uh, I know them from, actually, from Night of the Prog back in the day when Haken were playing Night of the Prog a couple of times, like mm. between 2010 and 2015. You guys played like three or four times the Night of the Prog, right? Correct. Um, and um, they were part of what... Um, uh, Peter Henschel, Richard's uh, dad, uh, used to call the famous German front row. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I also saw that the guys were certainly also there for the uh, show with Headspace in Rüsselsheim, mm -hmm. where I where I also was. Um, so they were there more from also from I don't know Frank Frankfurt. Um, um, yeah, middle middle of Germany region. Um, so yeah, they have a new band that's called Astromera, and they have an EP out. It's called Into the Wild, and it's super cool stuff. Also, you you can you, you might hear uh, some Haken influences there here <laughs> and there. And um, yeah, I'm just gonna gonna um, put the um, the opening track called Time Warp into the playlist. Um, uh, definitely check that out. Um, and actually, for the listeners today, for us tomorrow on Thursday, we have a single um, vi music video uh, premiere at the Prog Space uh, from Norwegian band called Manes. Um, they are actually, I wanted to say that, uh, yeah, Feather Mountain are confirmed for Proc Power Europe, uh, provided hopefully it will go forward in October. And Manis are also uh, uh, going to play there. They're, um, yeah, a weird Norwegian band that started out as black metal, as so many of them, <laughs> and now so play some, some, some very unique, uh, yeah, um, um, dark, electronic, uh, I don't know, experimental stuff. And they, yeah, we are premiering their brand new single at the Prague Space tomorrow, Thursday, April 9th. And uh, it's going to be, uh, the, the general release will go, is going to be on Friday. And the single is called Young Skeleton. Um, Very cool. So uh, that was uh, the Walkman section, and now to nice. the important part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, last Friday uh, there was a huge uh, drop of a single, and the day before you guys been teasing us like mad with mm. the little clip at the end of the yeah. <laughs> um, of, of the YouTube uh, uh, video of the London show. First of um, all, whose idea was that, actually? Where did that come from, <laughs> that idea to like add this at the very end of that show, Ross? Um, this was actually our, our record label. I thought it would be a cool idea to uh, 
to tease oh, the oh. fans. So, so it really wasn't coming from us. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> but um, but it was yeah, we we agreed that that was kind of a fun thing to do to see if actually people would stay till the end. And <laughs> <laughs> the <whole thing. laughs> um, yeah, so that well, was cool. I think the nice uh, effect that it probably had is for those people that maybe couldn't watch it to the end, the ones who did started writing like, you know, right. all over social media, like, hey, what was that at the end? And then everybody goes back and watches the rest of the video, you know. Well, what we hadn't accounted for was um, people were, uh, put, you know, the Shazam, the, the app, you can find out what a yep. song is, yep. you know, what yep. the title is and where it's from. So people were putting their phones up to the to the audio, <laughs> just and, for the intro and it part. Was, and for the intro part, and it had already been registered into their database. So, <gasps> wow! Uh, people, the clever ones, <laughs> the day before, had figured out uh, the name of the song, what it was, what the album was called. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and yeah, uh, we, we just hadn't foreseen that. There, there were there were screenshots of uh, like from people in New Zealand. Uh, from Apple Music, where the whole album, right. uh, you know, all uh, all the album titles and and song length, yeah. and so where, where the single was already out, like once it was out, it was, and it, it was not even near Friday here right. in, in in Western <laughs> uh, Europe, uh, uh, let alone uh, the Americas, uh, and everybody everybody was going crazy. Some some people. Uh, who couldn't wait, uh, of course, uh, use a VPN then and, uh, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. to, to, to hear it. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, had, I, was... I had quite a few um, personal <laughs> messages with this screenshot saying, is, is, this, a, is this a joke? You know, is this <laughs> <Yeah. real?"> April <laughs> Fool's. <laughs> right. Um, understandably, obviously, given the title of the record, that it may have caused some sort of question questionable nature but uh yeah of course the the song we're talking about the single that dropped everybody of course knows but it was prosthetic uh which is the opening track from the new album and rosk may i ask um th this year everything has been like thrown out of whack um i mean you guys had to cancel your tour early with devin townsend um so many things probably had to go into factoring you know the release of of this record did did any of this stuff affect the release date of it? No, actually, um, I've seen a lot of speculation online about did we bring it earlier because of the virus and or did it get pushed? Or any, um, actually, the initial plan was to have it done and released, I think, in February. February yeah. um, but things got delayed and just by the normal uh, run of things. Right, <laughs> um, yeah we pushed it back to june it was always going to be june the 5th um and the video had been planned for ages and um so yeah it, it really was going to be a case that we were going to finish the tour do cruise to the edge and then the next day announce uh the record it just so happens that everything's in between has has taken has unfolded but and of yeah, course, yeah. Um, there there is certainly this sort of dream theater moment. Uh, I mean, I remember when uh, the live scenes from New York uh, came out, and I remember buying a copy of the record, which had uh, the Big Apple and the skyline, including World Trade Center in flames. Um, right. <laughs> and, and certainly, you guys are having a, a moment like that, too. Um, do you want to talk about kind that at all? Yeah, kind of. I mean, um, we do get it. And the, the synchronicity of it all is just crazy, actually. But um, the thing with viruses, uh, we had this vector virus concept idea when we started the whole um, the, the whole the writing process of vector. Um, so we'd actually planned out the next two records 
and the titles already you know so mm. the fact that this is happening now is just i mean whether people want to believe it or not it's just crazy coincidence yeah and um yeah. i know i know like, no one's heard the whole album yet but um when i'm looking at some of the lyrics that i've written because because virus on virus on the album is basically a metaphor for other things so it's not actually about um a virus spreading like in the literal sense but right. um I was using a lot of metaphors about being in isolation and <laughs> and, and things and things um, like spreading out of proportion and pe- people dying, you know, for the name of something um, they have no control of and and yeah, it's it's scary. Like a lot of this, a lot of these lyrics and on the record are really going to resonate with people. Um, so, so yeah, that, uh, um, uh, when when you um, when you guys started working on on Vector, uh, probably in 2017 or so, um, uh, did you write all both records in one go, or you, did you just have the like the the big broad concept in in mind, and then just did Vector and then Virus later, or how how did the the yeah the yeah, songwriting so pro- process go? Yeah, somewhere in the middle, actually. We'd, we'd actually mapped out the two records in terms of what the narrative was going to be and what it was going to say, and a lot of the titles as well, um, initial ideas, what was going to happen in those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the end of, well, I guess we started writing demos at the end of 2017 when we were doing The Shattered Fortress, but um, it was really kind of early 2018 when we kind of penciled all that other stuff in. Um and the focus was on vector musically but we'd had all these demos and riffs and ideas and vocal melodies um sort of on tape <laughs> um mm-hmm. they the, the stuff that was the we thought at the time was the better stuff was kept for vector okay. and um and then we had a lot of this leftover demos that we were going to develop later for virus And it wasn't until actually uh, we were on the road with Devin, the European tour, and we sat every night on the tour bus and basically almost started the whole album from scratch just on the tour bus. Um, and we've, the result of that has, of us being all together, um, has created this much, much better record than we anticipated in the first place. So, um, yeah, we're, okay, we're really, wow. we're, we're really happy with, um, part two so to speak interesting so yeah that that, that was last fall like yeah October, it was just this, november yeah exactly it was just uh, intense intensive tour. month yeah. cr- creative energy that was just um flying around and yeah such a great time yeah awesome and so so and then you uh, once you came home from that empath europe volume one tour you mm. you just went straight to the studio or what Absolutely, yeah. All right, yeah. So yeah, it was uh, all it's all kind of done by January, and um, yeah, that's, that's the story <laughs> of the of the writing process. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, if you if a record is done by January, it a, a February release date is a little bit. Uh, uh, utopic. <laughs> yeah, the label uh, gave us a chance. Um, at the very last minute to pull the album because of the title um, we honestly we wanted to stay true to our initial 
kind of concept and ideas we didn't want to throw away all that work and it would have meant you know pulling production and delaying the album a few months and we just wanted to get everyone to hear the record you know and uh, that, hopefully mm-hmm. people hopefully people will understand and look past the uh the irony of, of having a record called virus ross with it, do you mean like yeah. you would have changed then the the title or some of the some of the context of the lyrics or what's happening in the album was that is that what you might have read, redid um, if you would I think, have? I think the title was up for um, speculation, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, we we wanted to stay true to our art, so to speak. Mm. And um, I don't think, I mean, in 20, 50, 10 years time, whatever, people aren't going to be so <laughs> sensitive about it. I don't think. I mean, May, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of obviously tragic um, stuff going on, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. I think I would say it's hard for me uh, also to say what the r- right thing to do is. But I actually remember I was in New York for nine eleven, and I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, I was at the I was at that show actually the the scenes from scenes from right. the New York show, and I remember buying the record, and you know, I remember the Dream Theater being in the in Rolling Stone because of this situation, you mm-hmm. know. And I thought, well, that mm-hmm. that's why they get into Rolling Stone is because of this silly album cover right. thing. And, I remember being a little disappointed that they changed the album cover because, you know, it's they didn't mean for it, you know what I mean? So, uh, and and it, and I thought that the the irony of it, irony of it, the like zeitgeistiness of it, mm. also somehow had this relevance, you know, in this moment. So, um, and also, you know, taking down the World Trade Center from the album cover also kind of deletes the history of it in a way. And so, to me, it, as being somebody that lived there, was there for that event. Um, mm. I, I don't know. It's I mean, like, I can like understand. Like a self-censorship. Yeah, I can understand why they mm. did it. And it was certainly a sensitivity. And, I mean, that was a really crazy time. Um, but Yeah, for sure. Um so I, 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 I mean, I, I don't want to say, applaud is the wrong word to use here, but I think you made the right choice to go with what you had because you didn't, this wasn't planned, you know? And um, yeah. I think otherwise, you know, backtracking, I, I don't know, would, like you said, it could have hindered the vision you had. So that's just my yeah, two cents. <laughs> yeah, but Virus is not the uh, only uh, album from 2020 with uh, with your vocals, Ross. Um, <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit about 11th Hour? Uh, it was released like, uh, uh, yeah, about a month ago. And actually, we would have seen each other last week, last, right. fri- last Friday, actually, uh, would have been the release show. And I had tickets at oh, man. flight and, oh, man. and stuff i i would have been there <laughs> i was um, really looking forward to it man i, I was a bit yeah. worried actually i was because the day before we would have been flying back from cruise to the edge so oh, I, was, my goodness. I, I was i was really nervous about how jet lagged i was going to be for the show but yeah. um yeah no, it, none of that obviously happened in the end but yeah um yeah, I mean, it, it certainly looks like I've been busy, but the, the actual fact is we recorded um, that record, uh, 11th Hour, at the end of 2017. Oh, wow. So, so I was tracking vocals. I think it was December uh, 2017 uh, when I when we actually all did everything. Um, I think we did some uh, overdubs in in january of the fall of the next of 2018 but um yeah so that we've been sitting on that record without a label for quite some time and we just we didn't want to just put it out 
um, without any support, um, without yeah. really um, having an infrastructure in place to promote this, to, to promote this yeah. stuff we were really proud of, you know. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to make a, this big impression as a new band and uh, wait for the right people to come along. And obviously we got the attention of um, Frontiers. Yeah, interesting uh, match. Yeah, to yeah, say it, the least. <laughs> for sure, if you look at their repertoire, they're known for a lot of hair metal stuff. And, and a- um, AOR, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm yeah, a fan of as well. But rock, sure, it's, uh, um, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, and we thought obviously that would stand us out in, in certainly in their market, um, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, they gave us a good offer to promote us, and I think it's. It's been a good um, relationship so far with them, and uh, you know we've really we've really got the stuff out there, and yeah, the music we're really proud of. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say at the moment. So, so, so how, 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 how do you um, approach uh, Novena stuff uh, in like uh, in comparison to Haken stuff? Uh, is is there a difference for you? Sure. So um, obviously, people are, some people are going to draw a lot of similarities. Um, not just because of my voice, but because it's um, progressive metal, you know, and there's a lot of, it goes on a lot of tangents. Um, actually, the spirit of the record does remind me of the, the first two albums of um, Haken, uh, the Aquarius uh, uh, and uh, era, you know. Ab- absolutely agree with that. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, there's also so much more to it. <laughs> of course. And um, obviously, a, another big difference for me was, and I was adamant about this, was that there was a clear distinction um, that Novena would be a two vocalist project. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so that sep- that kind of separates um, from what I do with Haken to being the, the sole frontman. Um, that there's shared duties and there's it's a lot more growl heavy. Um, we have spoken word and generally um, the Haken music these days is a little bit more song focused. Yeah. If that makes if that makes sense. Um, Whereas Novena are embracing that culture of exploring tangents and long guitar solos in different genres, which I love. Um, <laughs> and uh, I took, took, it, took it to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, that that's the nature of Haken have progressed. And like, I'm, I'm loving that as well. But I'm also holding on to this kind of crazy... Um, <laughs> Like if you listen to Corazon, for example, and we go into yeah, these yeah. this Latin beats and piano riffs and like and then screams and it's just it's just completely um, chaotic. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely up my alley. <laughs> so uh, hope, hopefully that has come across, you know, and that people can differentiate the two projects in that way. I think so. Yeah. And in terms of your like time with the bands, obviously Haken is the 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 longer standing project, and your your mm-hmm. you know, your commitments to that are probably different. But how? I mean, I of course you were out pushing uh, the the new Novena record really hard. Uh, how how much of your time do you kind of split between the two projects? How do you keep your headspace clear for each like not only artistic side but also like business side? Yeah, so I mean, I've been known up to this point to take over a lot of the admin and back office roles in Haken. Um, I don't know if people were aware of that. Really, it's not really public, but um, um, obviously, we're getting to a stage now where we're requiring a bit more of a team to help us out with those kind of things. But, um, but certainly, for a long time, for example, I was running the Haken merch store and handling a lot of the finances and things like that. Um, 
so I don't have to do any of that kind of thing with Novena. That's just taken taken over by Harrison uh, for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, actually, I um, I mean, my my role initially with Novena was a singer for hire with you know for the um, the, the original EP. Yeah, um, secondary it was, genesis. Yeah, it was kind of just secondary genesis. Yes, I was just kind of kind of brought on as a helping hand in a way, and mm-hmm. then I became very attached to the, the you know the vibe of the group, you know, the personalities and uh, the skill set everyone had in the band, and it just I've it became um, I became very attached to that kind of sense of hunger that I felt when we started Haken and which is all very exciting, you know? So, um, we, we decided to kind of make this a, a, a full band and go ahead like that. And that's, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, everyone on, on both sides are very clear about how, you know, Haken is the number one <laughs> a priority for me. And, um, yeah, it doesn't, at the moment it hasn't affected each other at this point, but um, I, you know, I'd like to think that I've, I will be able to balance. I mean, if Mike Portnoy can balance 86 bands, <laughs> as he calls it, then I'm sure I can handle two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll see how that pans out, you know, see how the, how people respond to the record. And, um, you know, we're already talking about a, a second one, um, so having those early right. conversations now. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. So uh, how 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 was the reception of Eleventh Hour from your perspective? Um, from my um, perspective, from my perspective, it looks looks great. I mean, I haven't seen sales figures or anything like that yet. Um, but um, I don't really care at this point. I'm <laughs> just I just want to I always want to see like the good responses people have um, shown, and yeah, it seems to be that it's been positively received uh, from what I can gather. Yeah. Yeah, it's an I mean, excellent record. Uh, <laughs> it, it is, and I, I, I know a lot of a lot of people actually um, were were to fly to London to the release show from mm. from all over the world. Um, uh, well, I, from from all over Europe, most certainly, and I, I know I know of one guy who had uh, flights from from America, from the States. Uh, I mean, even. Uh, so, for um, the first record think, with you yeah. all together, the, the, this, is, this is a great achievement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no it's, it's sad, obviously, that this still happened. But um, obviously, the we had to close down our cities. You know, it was, it was the yeah. right thing to do. Um, and, and we, you know, we will, we'll hopefully be able to put this on again. You know, we've, technically postponed it we haven't cancelled it um yeah so so when we can when we can put something in the books we'll we'll make sure that show happens yeah um yeah, yeah but either, either way i i, I won't uh, i won't ask for a refund of of the ticket it was 10 <laughs> it was 10 euros come on oh my God. <laughs> uh, but speaking speaking of which how how um how how was it uh when you had to uh, yeah, wrap up the tour in the states earlier than uh, uh, how can uh, I, I I cannot really um, you know imagine how that must have been like touring uh, or being on tour and like for probably for a couple of days that uh, there there must have been a kind of uh, yeah uncertainty if the tour is gonna be able to finish and and stuff. How was that? 
Um, I mean, if I recall correctly, at the, obviously this tour was going great, by the way, and um, we were we were on track to you know at least break even financially, and we were selling loads of merch and making all these new fans, and we were just loving awesome. being on the road with Devin, such a such a, a lovely chap, um, mm-hmm. and the, the whole band actually were legends. Um, uh, and we we had a day off actually the the day before it was cancelled. We were in Nashville. Um, nice. funnily, funnily enough, yeah. bringing the, um, the country theme back. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we woke up, um, in a, I think it was a Walmart car park in Nashville and none of the tour managers had said anything or hinted anything to us. Um, so, so, that, that, so, not, not, so no talk of that the days there was, prior. No, there's nothing. And so we woke wow. up kind of getting ready to, you know. Okay, in an hour we'll be setting off and going to the venue. The the bus driver comes in and he's like, "Tours off, lads." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> we thought he was just we thought he was joking with us, and he's explaining how yeah the you know the main band have gone home already. Uh, so De- like Devin was in ca- back in Canada, like what? already as we were wow. waking. Up. <laughs> they they'd made a decision overnight basically while we were asleep, and um, okay, called, crazy. Called, called it off. Um, and we were trying to contact everyone um, to figure out if this thing was true, if it was just, just pulling our leg or it could have been the ultimate tour prank, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but obviously, at the same time, the um, the virus was becoming more evident on, on the media. And so the, the dots started to join. And eventually, we did get hold of the people we needed to and found out that that was the truth. So, yeah, we just suddenly, just like that, bang. The tour was off, and we had to kind of make lo- uh, emergency contingency plans to get home, and lost yeah. a lot of lost a lot of money on flights and and uh, various other things. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, we just got an emergency ticket home for everyone. Been picking up the pieces ever since. But um, yeah, it was really sad because we, we were having such a great time. You were on the roll, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was really good, really good. Yeah, yeah you, you, was, you were at least you were able to play two of the headline shows, uh, right? Right, yeah, and we were actually because they they were almost. Um, I mean, they were they were fantastic. Yeah, um, really enjoyed those, and we were looking for we were kind of building that um, up to like the cruise to the edge performance, where we it's going to be a super special one in the theater and. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad we got to do it twice. And um, like Bound by Gravity is one of my favorite kind of Haken ballads to perform. And we'd never done that before. And it's <laughs> kind of made this big thing about it. And then he ever got to do it twice. So it's oh. a real shame. But um, yeah, we'll have to see if that if that can be done again as well. Yeah. And in terms of the, the, the financial loss, there there were some crowdfunding efforts going around to, to help you guys out after the fact. Am I correct? Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that was arranged purely by the fans. We we didn't ask for anything. Um, so like, I can only put out the message to everyone that we, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, we're really grateful for that support. Because um, yeah, we did lose a hell of a lot of money on on that, um, and as a lot of bands did, and I can see like across the board, um, a lot of artists are getting real real good support from music lovers. So, yeah, we we thank you sincerely um, for any support. Even if it's just you know streaming our music more than more than usual, um, it really it all kind of helps. You know, buying our merch from the store, uh, 
there's a funny one actually not not funny but um we had this kind of merch delivery on the day that the tour got cancelled so we had like um you know four thousand dollars worth of merch <laughs> arriving yeah. in in nashville on that day <laughs> so, so, so that was an immediate not a loss obviously we had the assets but um uh yeah that, that all that merch now is up online so people can purchase those t-shirts and yeah and all that's kind of helping claw back some of the losses we've we've um um yeah that just just yeah sorry that just reminds me of uh when we were talking about uh yeah the release date uh being pushed back or not because of the situation um because i think i saw that uh enslaved pushed back their release date because they were afraid if they release it uh now before summer or something that um with shipping and postal services uh there could be a delay and stuff so i think they postponed it uh to to the fall or something yeah i so. think it's gonna it's, i think it's gonna be the case um i mean perhaps even for our record i'm not, I'm not sure uh but now sony music have been adamant that they don't want to postpone the releases they still want to get music to the people and even if yeah. Uh, physical media is delayed somewhat you know at least we have streaming services and downloads and whatnot to um fulfill that market so um and i I agree with that decision i think i don't think um okay a year with we don't even know how long this is going to go on for yeah so like a a year without music's going to be horrible you know without new music (laughs) um yeah i think it's if um i think we're all understanding and patient enough for our our colored vinyls to arrive Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and and maybe it is a chance for mm-hmm. for for an increase in in streaming you know um i mean uh, not that a loss of physical is is better for streaming but more just that people are home uh and maybe have mm-hmm. more time to invest in listening to music and stuff so um yeah maybe there's a little bit of a a, a boom there for the streaming at least um also also tying in with the with the streaming and uh and the 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 effects of of the worldwide uh situation we're in um uh, have you guys been a little bit uh yeah in in the loop or did you see um uh, the the sudden surge of uh yeah live streams actually from a lot of bands on on various mediums like facebook uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Twitch, like suddenly every, everyone has a Twitch account. I don't know what it is. Novena was going <laughs> to do the, the, uh, your show. You were going to do your Novena concert live, weren't you? Or as a live streaming event? Yeah, so before um, London got a complete lockdown, um, there was still a possibility for us to go into the venue um, and perform to a, just cameras, you know, an empty, yeah. empty room and stream that live. So that was the contingency at the time but then you know you know the hit the, the rest is history you know the the yeah. city got locked the city got locked down we no one could even get into london really so um yeah so that was the idea but yeah uh, sure i mean all these musicians that yeah. are normally very busy on the road are now suddenly at home uh, within uh, their thumbs <laughs> like you're gonna see a lot of content, <laughs> a lot of content now i think yeah, yeah uh, I, mean, I remember um like uh the the last concert I've been to here in Munich was uh, Murath, okay, and uh, they played 
one day after that they played Leipzig still, and then their tour was also cancelled. And then I think every everywhere in whole all tours were cancelled. Um, let me check quickly uh, when that was. While you're looking um, for that, I actually um, wanted to say I actually saw Enslaved play live <laughs> uh, on, on. Yeah, the, they were a part of a festival in Bergen. Um, there wasn't any yeah, audience. Online music festival. Yeah, um, but they had this really cool in in indoor stage setup with a you know with an LED screen for the for the for the band's name and stuff and really great sound and video quality and uh, a very cool concert without anybody there. So it was like a bit like a rehearsal the a polished rehearsal in a way but um this was pretty cool i don't know how they managed to do that i guess maybe bergen is not really locked down in the same way because of course there were camera operators there there's you know mm -hmm. there's certainly mm -hmm. people there facilitating such an event but um I thought that was a really yeah. cool uh, idea and i think it was a broad mix of genres i don't think it was just metal or something so i think uh, it was a yeah it was music. it was really yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, the Mirth uh, gig here in Munich was on March 11th. And then the following weekend, we, we on the Saturday, I think it was on, yeah, I think it was on your birthday, where, where you, Randy, where, where oh. your birthday party should have been. Yeah, um, we, my birthday like, was canceled too. Uh, in, in, the, in the matter of 48 hours, uh, we, we did, oh, this also ties in with Haken, actually. Uh, we we did uh, we uh, in the matter of 48 hours we managed to set up a live streaming concert for the uh, band End of Scream from the Czech Republic with uh, mm. Thomas Stepanek uh, on the violin. Uh, they have two violin players, and mm. Thomas is the one who does all the violin Haken covers. Uh, Ross, of course, I'm sure you you've seen those. Yeah. I, I yeah. think he just yeah. uploaded uh, the a whole a whole whole of visions. Uh, of the song, I think he did the whole oh, wow. song of Vision. And I think he uploaded it yesterday or two days ago. I still have to watch that. Oh wow! Um, yes. So, so at, at uh, um, yeah, it was the very beginning of this uh, period of this time, and and like countries one by one went into lockdown, like France and the UK and also Germany. Um, all the other countries followed, um, or most of the countries. Um, and I remember back then when, when we when we had this uh, live show, uh, live streaming show from the guys in End of Scream, uh, I, I thought, hey, yeah, we should do like more stuff like this in the coming weeks when like because all all the tours are canceled. And uh, I, I was, I remember I was really uh, excited uh, about like, yeah, you know, presenting more, more of this stuff. And then suddenly in like, it developed like, a, um, like, like an avalanche by its, by itself that suddenly I had without the prog space being involved in or, or without even having the time of presenting anything the artists themselves uh they 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 were so busy doing these live streams that sometimes i had the feeling or it's still going on that i have like two or three live streams i have to choose from each evening <laughs> yeah so um and then i saw okay the, yeah the, the the market got saturated quite quickly <laughs> uh, 
I mean, certainly from, uh, uh, but, I mean, uh, I think from a like business, biz, in, music industry side, this, I think that this is going to have an effect on, you know, on, 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 exp- there are certainly people watching that uh, development and seeing how it plays out and seeing what new markets could be created from, from live streaming events. Um, so I yeah. expect we'll be seeing more of that in the future, even when things are open back up and, um, and back to normal. Uh, Ross, um, leading up into to June 5th now, what do you guys have, uh, have planned or what you can tell us, like what you, what your thoughts are about what you'll do leading up to the release of, of the album, um, given, yeah, things being in lockdown. Yeah, it's hard to say. Obviously we want to keep to our, um, release schedule. So we have a couple more singles that will be dropped some point mm-hmm. um and new videos um what tends to happen around this time is we'll be asked to do a lot of interviews and things like that so and a lot of press like um, you're doing right now <laughs> like i'm doing right now uh, actually actually this is the first for oh, uh, yeah Ooh. For vi- virus, I... virus related um it's the, it's, the, it's the first for me anyway but um aside from that i think um there's just going to be a lot of um, talks about what's going to happen going forward after virus and planning tours when, when they can be done. And um, I don't have actually any information about other content at this point, (laughs) but I I know that obviously I spoke earlier about um, Novena having murmurings of, of what might happen next. So that will be a focus for me at least. And what's, what's, what's the future of the festival? um circuit looking like i mean are you guys um what do you ha- did you have stuff planned scheduled that is yeah. kind of hanging in the balance now uh, yeah radar, so, um, right? right so we had um probably about 10 to 15 maybe festivals or at least festivals and shows kind of mixed um in the kind of june july area uh, now a few of those have been cancelled, um, including uh, Download Festival in the UK, um, the Comandacio Festival in Portugal was like one we were looking forward to because we'd never been there, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, a, a few others I, I forget now. But R- R- uh, Radar is still in the air, right? Radar is still in the air. I'm not. I'm not certain what's going on there. So we we yeah. I think like obviously that means. It's looking like all those festivals are probably going to cancel, and we'll just have yeah. to pull the plug on that, um, which is fine because we didn't we didn't announce anything, but um, it's it's very frustrating because with the new record being out in June, we were just hoping to go out there all guns blazing and play to the new crowds and these big festivals, and that's just that fallen flat on its face right now. So we'll just hold on for 2021 i guess in that on that front we'll see what happens later in the year uh, everything's changing by the day isn't it so yeah um there's, there's actually one other thing i wanted to talk about uh, with you ross and that is the 10th anniversary of aquarius <laughs> all right sure <laughs> it was like yeah. w- like two weeks ago one week ago uh yeah 29th of march i believe yeah the original um, release date yeah yeah, I, I got my uh, my good friend uh, uh, James Carstairs to write a little special feature on the Prox Space. Uh, be sure to check that out if you haven't. Cool. So, <laughs> and um, yeah, how how do you feel about it? Uh, 
Um, I, I certainly remember when uh, I saw you guys for the first time at Pro Power Europe 2010. And uh, I mean, I discovered you guys, same as with Leprous, the same mm -hmm. year uh, mm -hmm. when when you were announced for Proc Power Europe in 2010. And then I went to check out Aquarius and Tall Poppy Syndrome, respectively. And well, I think I've seen you guys a couple of times between. Just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> hang, hang on a minute. <laughs> you, you, were you part of the uh, famous German front row as well? Um, not, not, not really. Uh, I, the funny thing is, I, I think the first time I saw you guys in Munich, um, was probably my, the, I think the 10th, 10th time that I saw you was in Munich only. And I, or I, I, I have seen you a lot of times before I saw you in my hometown, but <laughs> no, I was not a part of the Uh, famous German front row because they were, uh, as I said, they were more, you know, in the middle of Germany. And but but uh, yeah, I was part of the famous German front row whenever <laughs> you played Night of the Prague or something like that. It's something we always. I think we need to clear this up for people, don't we? Like, um, like Germany were one of the first countries to truly embrace us, and the front row of the German audiences <laughs> were always pretty wild. And uh, there was just familiar faces we would see every time. Um, that we played in, in certain cities and festivals in Germany. Um, I, I think it all started at night of the prog, though. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Very fun. Very so, fun. Um, <laughs> but actually, uh, is it true that the Prog Power Europe 2010 was the first uh, concert Haken gig outside of the UK? Do you remember? It's um, <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Um, possibly. Possibly, yeah, I remember it I being. Was. I remember it being a really exciting um, time. Maybe I don't know. Was it the same year as we did Prog? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I think so. I think so. Yeah. Now, that um, was, it was a long time ago. Now I feel really old. I know it's only ten years, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've, we've we've done a lot since then. It's crazy how much we've been able to fit in. Actually, I, I'm still really proud of that piece of work. To be honest, I mean, it was the first album I put out there. Uh, on a label ever you know um and we you know it was a very experimental time and there was there was no um expectations so we were just free to you know, express ourselves and i just remember having a this is a really good time writing that stuff with richard um the early the early parts of that and and then getting together as a band we had a regular sunday meet up at the school of music and just fleshing that stuff fleshing that stuff out And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess some people, for some people, it's still their favorite record <laughs> and, um, for others, maybe it's not aged so well. I'm not sure, but I, I'm, it's it'll always be a special, have a special place in my heart to, as cliches, sure. as, as cliches so, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you, do you ever feel like, um, sad that you don't have as much time uh, in your for your set list to to put more Aquarius stuff in there or you know you, I mean you, you you did this kind of compromise uh, in in comprising the whole of Aquarius into the aqua medley uh, is there any stuff that you're kind of sad that you you haven't performed it in a long time like any specific songs or that that um yeah, you would I'd, love to to pull out again at some point 
Oh, I'm sure we, I'm sure we will. Um, like it was only a couple of years ago we were we were putting uh, Eternal Rain in our set, um, and Celestial Elixir has been played countless times, and we've we've done that on Cruise to the Edge and a few special shows, and um, so it's not like that stuff's disappeared completely. I guess maybe it feels like it has, <laughs> but I, I've no, when you when you're putting a when you're putting a set list together, uh, the whole thing has to flow, and something about um, the tracks on Aquarius when you put one of those in a set list it kind of staggers the flow of the of the night a little bit um so we have to consider those kind of things uh, ebb and flow mm-hmm. of, the, of, of the night um one of my favorites is uh, drowning in the flood um have no doubt i will be persisting for that one to come back um <laughs> on a regular basis so i just love singing that one um, what what, and, what uh, about just, what about what about sun yeah well let's, <laughs> Let's say no more. <laughs> no, I, it's a beautiful song. And eternal we, question. I mean, if you technically speaking, we have performed it once. Um, we did a show at the Kingston Peel. This was our home uh, um, venue that we used to play when we were unsigned, and, and I think we did the whole of Aquarius uh, live before we released it, and maybe it was like during the recording sessions. I can't remember exactly. But um, Sun was played on that on that night, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it had a slightly different ending, so it didn't have all the um, the, qu- the choir and chanting. It had something else, uh, yeah. so it, was, it wasn't the true version of Sun, but it was it was played <laughs> in some form, and then it was um, it was tidied up for the recording. But so yeah, technically we've played it once. But uh, I, I'd like to um, I'd like to bring it back at some point. You know, don't lose hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's uh also generally speaking in these times i think it's a good credo to go by don't don't lose hope <laughs> uh cool um yeah. yeah i think we're near we're, we're nearing the hour again not the 11th hour but the full hour <laughs> i was gonna make that joke earlier but <laughs> maybe we can wrap it up with uh kind of uh um Uh, a little brainstorm here about our favorite songs from the Haken discography. That, well, I'm going to tease you all. I'm going to tease you all because um, uh, the Messiah Complex Suite, which features on the, forthcom- the forthcoming record, yes. uh, is one of the most insane pieces of music we've ever done <laughs> Okay, uh, in, in a metal context. And I'll say no more, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that's gonna that's gonna blow people's minds, especially live. All right, and uh, anything that is already released that I can put in the playlist? Oh, good question. Um, maybe go, maybe also 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 one from Novena for the playlist for your favorite 11th hour song. So let's go with Sun for uh, Haken. Yeah, Sun needs to be heard more often. <laughs> and. Yes. Um, For Novena, let's go with um, oh, that's quite long. Maybe less. Well, hell of it. Prison Walls is just an insane piece of music. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm that was this one that's always given me uh, goosebumps. <laughs> I've listened to it. absolutely. So yeah, enjoy the goosebumps. <laughs> Randy, you ready or should I? Uh, I would. I would, no... I would choose Falling Back to Earth as my Haken song. Woo! 
<laughs> I mean, I would just say real quick that I mean the the album The Mountain is my I mean I I I knew of you guys long before The Mountain came mm. out, but I I didn't connect to your music actually until uh Jordan Rudis like chewed my ear off about it one night, uh, which mm. is a kind of a cool story for <laughs> how I really got into Haken was through Jordan. Yeah, that's um, great. Uh, we, were, we were out to dinner in Frankfurt during the music messes some years ago. Uh, we, I was filming with him, and we were just talking about music and stuff, and, and that was the thing he was listening to. And, and he was like, do you know Haken? And I was like, yeah, I know them, but I, I never really listened. Uh, and he was like, okay, take this album home and call me tomorrow. And uh, that's kind of how I started on my my Haken journey was back when The Mountain first came out. So That's great. Was, uh, I mean, both both Jordan and, and Mike, obviously, um, were like instrumental in pushing that record for us. It was, it was crazy. Um, yeah. And I, obviously we went, we went backstage to the Dream Theater show that year and Jordan was so complimentary and just a beautiful person, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we felt very uh, gracious of that kind of, um, <laughs> of them getting our music to ears that might not have, might have just passed, given it a pass, you know. So, yeah, definitely. We owe a lot to them for sure, yeah. And and, and in, a, in a very genuine way, I, I can attest to that. Attest, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite song on the Novena record, Randy? Uh, the Corazon. I mean, because this is yeah. just amazing, um, the, the use of the, <laughs> the Spanish language as well in the track, you know, just having this extra element. I mean, it I kind of blew my mind, actually, the first time I heard it, so... All right, cool. Um, yeah, as I said earlier in the show already, that uh, I mean, I knew Haken and, and loved uh, what you guys were doing uh, since the very beginning. But for me, also, the mountain was um, a particular standout thing. I don't know. The funny thing is, uh, I I felt a little bit. Uh, my, my expectations after Aquarius were so high that w- visions kind of. Uh, wasn't really able to live up to those insanely high expectations of myself. Um, but then the 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 mountain knocked it all out of the park, uh, so to speak. So um, I I'm actually gonna go with Paradolia. I remember the when the music video was was released and stuff. I was so excited and yeah. Um, and since uh, Ross, you already picked prison walls, I'm gonna go with the Sundance. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> very cool video too, by the way, for Sundance. Yeah, thank you. Um, that was all from Harrison's mind, to be honest. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot to do with that personally. Um, but yeah, I agree. Just a, a beautiful um, choreography and just yeah. the way it was filmed it flowed very yeah, nicely. Went went well with the music and. It's, it was uh, definitely the the, my, the the favorite of the three singles, um, but the other two they 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 fit well into the overall album flow. Absolutely, mm. um, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, uh, exciting times for fans of uh, Mr. Ross William Jennings. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was super cool to talk to you today, Ross. Yeah, thanks um, so much for taking the time, Ross. No, thank you, guys. Obviously, um, 
just want to say what you guys are doing is fantastic for the scene and uh just want you to keep doing what you're doing because um yeah this was great fun today obviously a lot of a lot of press i do is quite stale so it's nice to have something conversational keep doing your thing because all these great musicians need to get heard you know Absolutely. And I still have in the back of my mind that one day we're going to do a country music project together. But oh, yeah. <laughs> count, count me in, baby. Um, we're going to ask Einar to be part of it as well, right? <laughs> Sweet. Great. Well, thanks so much, Ross. Appreciate having you on the, on the air, on the podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, thank you, guys. Well, um, that was another cool episode in our um yeah broadcast from the quarantine yep i guess it's gonna keep on this way too for the next uh weeks at least so we'll try to keep coming back to you with a uh, very cool interesting guests like ross and um yeah dario stay safe and sane on your side of the yeah. city all right you guys take care of yourselves take care of your loved ones and uh keep your distance uh wash your hands and um Listen to good music. All the, listen to good music. Right, that's a good uh, way to close this off. Um, freaks out. Freaks out. The Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prague Space, is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stangel, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, freaks. See you next time. Freaks out.